In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's the end of one era at Atlanta City Hall and about to be the beginning of another. This is Politically Georgia, and I'm your host, Greg Belustein. I'm joined today by City Hall reporters Will Nobles and J.D. Capilouto, who both know more about the ins and outs of Atlanta government than anyone not named Andrew Young or Keisha Bottoms. Guys, thanks for joining us. High praise. Thank you. We're back. <laughs> Did you miss us? We we missed you. No pressure, given that introduction. Um <laughs> Outgoing Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms met with reporters for an hour on Monday in her final press conference where the topic of Buckhead came up quite a bit. Knowing that I was the center of a lot of the anger, I didn't feel the need again to bring attention to myself when I was the one that people were mad about as it relates to Buckhead. Now, what I do believe I firmly believe that the man who is leading that movement uh, is started that movement in an effort uh, to discredit our administration. And, you know, maybe I'm thinking a little more highly of myself, but it's no secret that I was very vocal on how I felt about Donald Trump. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the man who is leading this movement is new to Atlanta and was a very big Trump supporter. I think the two are very much related. Well, Will, Mayor Bottoms is clearly calling Bill White, the head of the Buckhead Coalition, basically a a carpet-bagging Trumpist who is is trying to create a new city um, for political reasons. Um. You have a, a, a quiet way with, with brevity that um, <laughs> Mayor Bottoms could have probably used. I mean, I mean, she said what she said, right? She clearly had time today. And it, it's interesting. I spoke to uh, Mr. White uh, a few weeks ago and, you know, he he told me up front, he said he, he claims he has not talked to Donald Trump in a long time. He still loves the former president. They've been friends for 30 years. But, you know, it's interesting. New York Times did a report, a report on, on, on Bill and, and his husband. And they said, you know, these these guys used to hold like really, really high salary figure fundraisers for, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. So it's not like they've been like diehard conservatives for forever. But, uh, yeah, he you know, again, Bill White claims that neither Trump nor Biden are, are involved with Buckhead City. So we'll see. J.D., I mean, this is still weighing so heavily on, on Mayor Bottoms' mind. She's about to leave 
uh, Audrey Dickens is about to inherit this problem of whether how how the city of Atlanta can stop the Buckhead movement. It was illuminating to hear Mayor Bottoms' final thoughts on, or some of her final thoughts on this on this debate. Definitely, she was really frank about it, and I do want to kind of. Uh, clear up one thing you said bill white's not the head of the buckhead coalition he's the head of the buckhead city committee oh. um very good, different good entities Uh-oh. the buckhead coalition uh, <laughs> opposes buckhead cityhood so before we get any uh, angry angry emails from them want to clear that up but um sam Massell, yeah, don't go after me yeah <laughs> No, uh, but but yeah, she, she was really frank about that, and and fairly aware that a lot of the concerns from folks in Buckhead um, uh, do stem specifically from from her administration. Um, but as we've seen, you know, just because she is heading out the door doesn't mean that the Buckhead uh, cityhood folks are you know stopping by any means. They still plan to go full steam ahead heading into the spring. Um, despite a turnover there, so it begs the question of you know what else can. Andre Dickens possibly do to to get them to hold off, and it seems like there's there's nothing really. So he uh, might just be trying to persuade the state lawmakers to to not put the cityhood referendum on the ballot. JD, I'm glad you mentioned that because we were both at the anti Buckhead City Movements fundraiser mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and you and Will wrote about the three things that that Andre Dickens is looking to do to stop the city of Buckhead, to stop this sort of secession split. Um, what what were they? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, I believe it was. Um, so run, he, he he likened it to a political campaign. And this was a, like mm-hmm. a week after he won. So he was like, kind of got some cheers. And he was like, good thing I know how to run a campaign. Uh, so kind of get get the public on board. And another th- good thing uh, was was just run a good government, get city services back on track, get crime down, show that you have a well organized government and show more than tell in that regard. And I believe the other one was was work with the state lawmakers. He was pretty aware that uh, Speaker Ralston, how Speaker Ralston is a main key for this. He's hoping to lobby him. And I know now the, uh, you know, the anti-Buckhead City groups, uh, they now have uh, some lawmakers or some some lobbyists that they're going to be sending out uh, to try and stop this thing. So I believe that was the three. It was, you know, a political campaign, politics inside the Gold Dome and just running a mm-hmm. good uh, government. That was your pop quiz. You you passed with flying colors. Those those were the three things. Ooh. And 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 will I mean the, the the biggest no pop quizzes. Yeah, no no pop quizzes for you. You got off easy. But the gold dome part of that might be the most challenging of all because you know Andre Dickens is already and with Mayor Bottoms' help is already starting to get off and running on the on the crime part. You know, putting up cameras and. And showing that there's a there's a renewed focus and a renewed energy around his his anti crime plan, um, we certainly heard the publicity campaign. That's going to be helped by millionaires who are helping to fund the anti Buckhead split movement. But it's the capital part of it, the state capital part of it, the equation. It's going to be really challenging for him because, as we've said on the show many times before on Politically Georgia, you know th- this is something that that Republicans from far outside Atlanta city limits have embraced as a campaign issue. And that's not a good sign. Yeah. And he's got to restore the city's relationship with the state. Right. Um, You know, mayor Bottoms said yesterday that she actually does like governor Kemp. (laughs) And she said that she hopes governor Kemp likes her as well. And that really the division in their uh, opinions uh, of late, obviously, uh, occurred because of COVID, the way they wanted to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. But look, Mayor-elect Andre Dickens, he has to, he either has to talk to these folks 
in the state house and convinced them to keep the capital city whole, as he said in this Thanksgiving note to state legislators, or he could spend a whole bunch of time in Buckhead and tell residents, hey, when this comes up on your ballot, vote overwhelmingly against it. I mean, I don't know, because I, I would not want to be in his shoes. This is going to be a rough thing to do. This is getting a lot of energy. Yeah, I think he's going to he- try and do both simultaneously. Yeah, because it's around the same time when he takes office that the the state's uh, legislative session starts. And so I think around then, too, you'll also see him going to like community meetings, that sort of thing, and kind of making his presence known there. He's already started appearing at some uh, forums in Buckhead and that sort of thing. Now, guys, we could spend another hour easily on Buckhead. But unfortunately for Mayor-elect Dickens, this is far from the only major issue that he is inheriting. Yeah, bum 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 indeed. <laughs> um, let's talk about the, the the next one that is that is already emerging in a major way that you know got some traction on the campaign trail, but but is going about to get a lot more when he's in office. That's the coronavirus pandemic. Now that the Omicron variant is emerging, there's a fifth wave that Georgia's in the middle of right now. And minutes before we tape this podcast, Mayor Bottoms announced that Atlanta is reinstituting a mask mandate for for indoors and public gatherings. This is something that Mayor-elect Dickens and other officials are going to struggle with and something that, you know, is certainly a topic, um, but not, you know, not as high up on the list as as crime and really also affordable housing as well. Yeah, I feel like COVID is here to stay. <laughs> I don't want to manifest that and put that out into the ether. Mm-mm. But I mean, golly, man, uh, it hasn't been mentioned before. I'm sure we're going to get into it, but like, our incoming mayor, he's got it, right? And so we've seen him in all the cool press photos the last week, you know, talking to the president, other newly elected mayors and stuff. And so, you know, I'm I'm just going to be that guy and say, yo, you should, you should mask up. I spoke to um, the uh, Emory's infectious diseases expert, uh, Dr. Carlos Del Rio, last night and he said this is really concerning and folks uh if you are vaccinated and boosted then you probably uh you will have a better chance of of of, uh riding out uh an infection if you get one and of course governor kemp uh he just courtesy to you greg he just uh had his spokeswoman criticize mayor bottoms for uh reinstating the mask mandate so it just seems like you know, is this a partisan thing or is it just a, a matter of different leaders thinking that uh, this could be handled better? Yeah, J.D., we went through this for a big chunk of 2020, this ongoing battle between state and city over mask mandates. And there was, a, for a time, a legal war. The governor's office ended up dropping its lawsuit against uh, the city of Atlanta over mask mandates. But again, you know, you'll see this in the 2022 campaign for sure, because one of the things that Governor Kemp is, is running against is mask mandates, vaccine requirements, all that, that Mayor Bottoms and probably when when Dick, when Dick Andre Dickens takes office, Mayor-elect Dickens will take up as a way to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Right. And he's also said that he wants to reopen City Hall. Um, this is something that he said throughout the, the campaign season. Um, unclear kind of where those plans stand right now, given Omicron. I haven't heard any updates on 
kind of what, what that might look like. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that he's going to have to kind of straddling that line of trying to repair relationships with the state, like we just talked about, but also, uh, you know, doing things that, that Governor Kemp might be quick to to criticize when it comes to coronavirus. This is just me speculating in terms of, you know, whether things get worse and what actions he might take based on what, what science is showing. But but yeah, it's crazy out there right now. All of my, you know, group chats with my friends are blowing up with pictures of lines at testing sites all over Atlanta. And so it doesn't look like the, it's going to get much better get in, the, in the near paper. term here. Yeah. Get your, get your toilet paper. <laughs> and, and my text changer full of people saying, I got it. I got it. Mm. You know, I'm okay, but I got it. Oh, you won't be wow. seeing me for a week. I got it. And so mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm an anomaly, but I don't think I am. I think a lot of our, I think, you know, it's, it's spreading. Um, certainly from, um, the folks I'm hearing who work in healthcare, they're saying hospitals are, are loading up again. And one of the things that Governor Kemp has said is that he is not, you know, and this is no surprise because this has been his stance, he is not ready to reimpose any sort of statewide restrictions. But even though he'll criticize the city of Atlanta, he's also not looking like he's going to take any steps to intervene. I think he'll let, seems like at least at this moment, he'll let Atlanta and Mayor Bottoms uh, reinstitute those, those restrictions without trying to take any sort of legal fight. This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want some blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. We're back with City Hall gurus J.D. Capilouto and Will Nobles of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And remember to check out The Morning Jolt, the AJC's daily roundup of the most pressing and exclusive political news that drives the agenda in Georgia. Your AJC team works on it every day and every night. It's a tag team involving me, Washington correspondent Tia Mitchell, and political insider columnist Patricia Murphy. Okay, let's get back to JD and Will. Guys, Mayor Bottoms also admits she had a chance to go to Washington and join the Biden administration. It's a story we broke shortly after Joe Biden's election. No, I had an opportunity to join the Biden administration, and I didn't feel that it was the the best decision um, for me and for my family. So, no, I, I you know did I did I think I would be a part of the Biden administration? I I did, but obviously, you know, our plans don't always align with with what God has in store for us. So, I am thankful for the relationship and thankful that Atlanta is top of mind for the administration. I have a very good personal relationship with the president, which in my wildest dreams, I never thought that I would have a personal relationship with the president. Well, J.D., you know, that's a very interesting and nuanced answer because it sounded like she thought she was going to get a better 
offer than she did. And I'm not sure what that is, but I know there's a lot of speculation around the time when we reported it, that she was mm-hmm. offered a role as head of the small business administration. And there was also talk that she could be transportation secretary or housing secretary, which are higher profile gigs. Right. And then there was also at one point the rumors about her being offered just an ambassadorship, mm-hmm. which I don't I think that those were shot down at one point. But yeah, I don't I don't think those were legit. But there were certainly lots of rumors swirling. But either either way, it was definitely a curious answer because she said, you know, th- she thought she would join the Biden administration, but but then she didn't. And she, you know, had an opportunity to. So yeah, I was a little, you know, that one kind of raised some eyebrows for me as well. Um, but but yeah, she, she makes a good point about the, you know, the relationship that the national government has with the city right now and how we haven't really seen that pretty much ever in terms of the amount of attention that, that's being put uh, on on the city in terms of visits from people and dollars. And a lot of that does, of course, come down to uh, the politics of it all with with uh, Georgia being a swing state and Atlanta being such a crucial part of that for the Democrats. Um, but it does also point back to Mayor Bottoms' uh, solid relationship with uh, the mayor and so many administration or with the president, sorry, and so many administration officials. And well, as part of that, it's important to remember that Air Bottoms, she she went out and you know put her put her name out on the line for for Joe Biden at a time when it was not a given that he was going to be the, the Democratic nominee for president. I mean, she was maybe his most outspoken, prominent supporter in the entire Southern region early on in the campaign. I mean, I was with her in Iowa um, as she stumped in, for caucuses for Joe Biden. I was with her in New Hampshire when she was having events for for Joe Biden. So this is someone who very early on embraced Joe Biden at a time when, you know, there was still a major question mark, when Kamala Harris was looked at as a potential frontrunner, when Bernie Sanders was gaining traction, when Pete Buttigieg was gaining traction, Mayor Bottom stuck by him. And, you know, that pays dividends. Loyal, that kind of loyalty is, is important in today's politics. 100%, Greg. And uh, it's interesting our newspaper is going to have an article come out soon. I won't give away too much, but essentially um, when, when she spoke to the AJC, she was quite transparent about what position she wanted and what position would have persuaded the Bottoms family to leave Atlanta. I'll just Ooh, put it like that. Give us a hint there, Will. I, I think it's obvious, right? But at the end of the day, I mean, regardless of what happened, she is still a Biden supporter. And when when the DNC had their uh, event, uh, their their convention mm-hmm. last year, um, after uh, the late Congressman John Lewis passed away, you know, she gave a, a very rousing tribute for him. And in that same tribute, um, as you remember, Greg, she she gave out a shout out to to then. Uh, presidential candidate Biden and uh, his uh, VP, Kamala Harris. And she said, yeah, these two believe my four black children, uh, ma- uh, their lives matter. And so, you know, I, I, she's obviously a big supporter. And I think um, a lot of high ranking Democratic officials would agree that she helped contribute to a lot of the deals, just her 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 campaigning for a different Georgia elected officials and candidates helped put things in place to get these uh, federal funds. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm spilling too, too much. Uh, Spill uh, away. Uh, Spill the uh, tea, uh, man. Uh, the tea. <laughs> so I'll, I'll stop right there and wait for our story to come out. Yeah, I'm ready well, to that story. <laughs> check out AJC.com for the story. I think JD 
<laughs> will be interested to read it too. Mm-hmm. Um, Why did you tell me this? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear from Mayor Bottoms in her, in her own words about what is next for her. I definitely see myself still being involved in politics. I'll still be the vice chair of the DNC. I will do everything in my power um, and my ability to work to make sure that Senator Warnock is reelected and Stacey Abrams is elected governor. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds. I will never say never. And as I said, this is a it's a period on my my term as mayor, but you know, comma with the rest of my life. J.D., as she was saying that, you, you, you've obviously memorized that line. Um, she's still young. <laughs> she still has a, a yeah. long political future ahead of her. She still, you know, is elected mayor of Atlanta and had served in city council before. So she's, she's got a resume. Um, do you think we'll see her running for political office again? Um, I think that would depend on what the office is. Uh, you know, being mayor, it, it, I mean, she would admit it took a toll on, on her and her ability to, you know, spend time with her kids and, and her family and all of that. I mean, it wasn't an easy job and she dealt with a lot of challenges that other mayors haven't had to deal with, you know, from the cyber attack to the pandemic, uh, to like the social unrest last summer and all of that. So it definitely was, was, was grueling in that regard. So I think, I think it depends. She's, she's always someone who's kept her cards close to her chest when it comes to stuff like this. And it's hard to predict kind of what's next. So I, I really don't know. I don't, maybe Will has some inside scoop that uh, oh, gosh. she gave oh, me no, the other day. Will, Will <laughs> go ahead and spill it. I'm kidding. You know, I, I, it's not a secret. She is still um, vice chair for, uh, I believe, voting participation mm-hmm. outreach for, for, DNC. So, um, yeah, I mean, in that regard, she still has a, a political role to play in not just Atlanta, but in the in the in the country. Right. Beyond that, there are some important elections happening next year. And I, I you know, I think she's going to be supporting the same folks she supported last year, you know, and in and, and, and the years before that. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I, you know, J.D. and I are going to probably find ourselves possibly seeing uh, Mayor Bottoms on on some campaign trail with some folks. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it might happen, man. Yeah, and it's important to note that she played a, a, a helpful role for Senator Warnock and Senator Ossoff last year, and she, she endorsed both of them and was out on the campaign trail for them. She has also been supportive of, of Stacey Abrams, although they have had, they have completely or largely different political circles. Um, so... Um, you know, they, they have, they have not really overlapped too much, but, um, it is Stacey Abrams and, and Raphael Warnock's party right now, you know, going forward. Um, and Andre Dickens will be really interesting to watch too, as he tries to carve out a role. If he does, you know, he, he has his hands full with the city. Um, but if he tries to carve out a greater role with state politics, um, and if he has time to do that and, and bandwidth to do that, and if you've heard his, election victory speech you know he has the energy to do to do that if he wants to do that well yeah he's gonna have a lot on his plate but i guess it really depends on what he wants to do and how he wants to to lead as mayor i mean does he want to truly be hyper really hyper focused on uh the buckhead cityhood or does he also want to kind of see how he could you know mayor bottoms was, was is interesting in the fact that circumstances just occurred to where she ended up becoming the, 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 the like one of the president's close allies. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know if Dickens will have that kind of connection, you know? He might just want to be 
a, a good mayor, he may not want to be a, a, a national political celebrity. Yeah, JD, though, he has the chance to do that, though. This gives him a platform um, if he wants, and it might not do it for the first year or two, but he does have this new platform uh, to become a force in state politics. And we all know Georgia is going to be the battleground state, the premier battleground state, I think, uh, of the decade, right? I mean, this ain't going right. away. Um, mm-hmm. And so Andre Dickens is a new a new player on that stage. Yeah. And going off of what Will said, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't pass up the opportunity to have a good relationship with the president. He said, you know, that he wants to kind of continue what Mayor Bottoms had. And I'm sure Mayor Bottoms would be happy to help, you know, connect him with various people, that sort of thing, and um, shepherd it in that way, especially with those infrastructure dollars coming. That's something mm-hmm. that... Um, that that Dickens has spoken a lot about. But uh, my guess is for the first year, at least he's going to stay pretty focused on the local city issues. He's going to want to fix a lot of what, you know, he, he promised to do on the campaign trail when it comes to Buckhead cityhood and crime and seeing, staying kind of focused on those issues. And, and going back to what the clip that you played back at the beginning of, of mayor bottoms talking about some of the, you know, the ire that some people have over her, especially from Buckhead. Some of that does stem from, you know, her national profile and and this perception, um, not totally true, one hundred percent, but the perception at least that she was always on, you know, national cable shows and and not super focused on Atlanta. And of course, that's a little bit exaggerated, and people only see what they see on TV. But um, I think that he is is cognizant of that, and and will try and be more maybe present at more of the neighborhood meetings and more of that hyper local focus. Um, but then maybe as it as things continue who knows you know um especially with the governor's race uh things could look very different next year um in state government so that could change a lot as well 2022 is right around Mm -hmm. the corner guys thank you so much for yeah the guys thank you so much for joining us on the latest edition of the political georgia podcast the atlanta journal constitution has plenty more for you to listen to during the holidays if you missed it on sunday we had a special edition about the life and legacy of the late Senator Johnny Isaacson. You can also take a nostalgic trip over at Access Atlanta, where you meet the South Park writer who has created a 1980s-style VHS store in his basement in Woodstock. JD doesn't even know what a VHS is, but that's okay. What are the 80s? And on the Bowtie Chronicles, our Falcons beat writer D. Led, D. Orlando Ledbetter looks at what's next for the Falcons after Sunday's loss to the 49ers. And hence, not great things. Uh, please listen, review, rate us. We love hearing your feedback. Love all the texts and emails and phone calls even that we've been getting about the show now that we've revived it. It's back in full force. Thanks again, JD and Will, for joining us and to our fantastic producer, Jay Black. And I can't wait to join you again in just a few days. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash 
unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 